Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here, too. I just really look at this as such a wonderful time of fellowship for us, you know. Even though I can't see you, just see me. But I know you're watching. And what's more, Jesus sees us here together. So before I get started, as usual, I'm going to pray and I'm going to offer up myself as a living sacrifice. And this offer of him comes with this message. So I offer everything up to him. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the blessing of yet another beautiful day. Another day, Lord, that will enter into my eternal life. Let your words, Lord God, be in my mouth. Refine them. Make them sweet. Let them be pure. Let them be holy. Because, Lord, you alone are holy. And your word is pure. So I ask you, Lord, to let this message be received by you. From this little child for it is an offering unto you and as moody said my human best filled with your holy spirit amen in jesus name i'm going to talk today about the expectation of god about what expectation means we, we know what expectation means but there has been this one verse that I'm going to read from Psalm 62.5. It's a very little verse, but to me, it is a very powerful verse. We don't have to read great chunks of scripture. I think it's the opposite. We skip over so much because we're trying to stuff information into our heads to try to, I don't know, overeat. And overeating doesn't work. You notice that when you overeat, literally overeat. It's just that you don't feel good. Your body is like, it's too much. But those sweet little words that we get in the Bible are like little, like Amy Carmichael says when she was walking along the beach in India. She said she saw little flat, little glints of light that were flashing off the sand from the sunlight. And she said, I saw it the word like that as I she said as I read the word and he does illumine his word to us so always make sure to read your bible slowly and don't try to keep up with the spiritual joneses next to you it's your race it's your walk own it and do it that way that's the way students do it anyway um so I want to share a little story I don't know if any of you have seen the artwork that I chose for this message, but I'm going to tell a little story. Many of you have probably heard this story because it's been around for a very long time and maybe some of you haven't, but I'm going to use this story because not only is it a wonderful story, but the photo that the woman took from an airplane says it all, but it said it all so much more to me than what was received in the story, which I will retell, but I'm going to share a dream that I had with you. And I'm going to talk about the expectation of God. So expectation means there's a hope of something. 
there's all kinds of different expectations. We, we have hope, rather, expectation in those that are closest to us because they're nearer and dearer to us and therefore we have a type of trust in him because expectation is doesn't stand alone. The sister of expectation is trust. You can only put your trust in something or someone that you, you, you expect something from them, but you would never from those that you trust because you have a relationship with or you know that they're trustworthy people. And even if you don't have a relationship with them or a trustworthy uh, foundation or some other a business or something, but you you'd understand what I mean. But haven't you ever put your expectation, trust in something or somebody that failed you, whether it was mean or that it just they didn't or it didn't have the power to meet that expectation? But we walk every day, all day long, expecting, don't we? We expect to get up in the morning. We expect to eat something. We expect to go somewhere. We expect to do things, talk to certain people. We expect a reply, email. We expect to come home. We expect to go to bed. We expect to eat. We expect to be healthy. And that's our earthly life. So life is complete expectation. But I want to take it even further because. In Psalm 62, 5, which has been a word that God gave me long ago when everything and everybody was failing around me. And this is not to point my finger. They're just people. They're free to go. But I've had expectation where God didn't let them meet that expectation. God had to become my expectation. And one day I saw that my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him you know that that word has gone with me my whole life when i start to put too much expectation on a person or something and there must be grace i believe that god doesn't always want the expectation that we have of other people or things to always satisfy us and that word was revolutionary for me. What are you expecting? So as I was saying, if you've seen the artwork for this, I'm gonna tell you the story. Like I said, many of you have already heard it. Some of you haven't. And in the description box, I'm going to leave a link where David Pawson gives a quick little video on it and you can watch it yourself. But I've heard this story before and I came across it again and I looked at the picture and it meant so much more to me. So here's a story. David Pawson was in Australia and there was a woman who was preaching. Well, she took a plane from Australia and she was flying back home to New Zealand. And over the Tasman Sea, a violent electrical storm broke out. And it was so violent, it looked like there was fire in the sky and the, airplane was going through air pockets and 
it seemed as if the airplane would break apart. And that woman was sitting next to another woman who was next to the window. And the woman was praying. And so this woman's speaker that David was saying, talking about, because obviously she let him know this happened. Uh, she said to the woman, are you a Christian? And the woman said, yes. And she said, can we pray together? And the woman said, yes. And so these two women prayed together and said, Lord, you calmed the storm 2000 years ago and you can calm the storm again. And you can calm the storm inside this plane. And within two minutes, there was perfect calmness and peace within the cabin. All the people were at peace and the storm was still going on outside. So the woman took her camera and leaned over her new friend that was sitting next to the window and she took a snapshot. And when she got to New Zealand, she took it in to get developed and the shopkeeper called her and he said, uh, would you please come in and I would like to talk to you about your film. So she went in and the man said, when I developed your film, I saw this. And I think he asked, are you aware of this? Which she didn't, she just took a picture. She wanted to just, she was a photographer. So she wanted to take a picture of something she may never see before. And she took a picture of Jesus in the clouds and barely his face was covered by a sheer cloud and that day that shop owner and his family he said that the day we saw that we became christians now when i saw that picture that picture was taken in 1973 but i'm looking at it with eyes of 2023 and I've been thinking about it penetratingly for the last three days, thinking about that picture in the night. And I said, Lord, I can picture you coming for us in the rapture, just like that. And also in the second coming, when it says he cometh with clouds and all eyes will see him. And whether you believe in the rapture or not, just hang on. Don't just be so quick to go off because we are still brother and sister. And I love you. And we belong to him. And I'm okay with different outcomes. I still have that love of God that is living in me by the very person of the Holy Spirit. Either way, when I look at that picture, it's just so beautiful. And I think, look what Jesus did. And about expectation, those women would not be praying had they not had expectation of something from him. See, their expectation was from him. Now, let me just sticky note that over to the side, that story, okay? Because I want to tell you about a dream and I'm going to tie it all up together at the end. I have been praying for the last three days. Lord, I feel like I don't even know what to, because I didn't really know I would 
use this or talk about it with you because it's been out there for a long time. But I want to speak about what I hear that voice of prayer, that still small voice within me speaking to me and leading me. So I had this dream last night and here's how it went. And there's three parts to it. I'm not saying I slept and woke up and went back to sleep. It was one shot and here's how it went. I'm in my house and it's all light on the inside, cozy and light and homey. And I suddenly I sensed that there was something wrong, that someone that I loved of my family needed help. And and it was an emergency, like I needed help. And so I I was kind of rushing around like, okay, I got I I I need help for this per for, for one of my family. And it's it felt like an urgent emergency. Right then there was a knock at the door. So I opened the door and I see about five people standing in my doorway and I didn't recognize them, but I knew them to be Christians. And so I was kind of happy to see them. I'm like, come in, come in. And so they all came in at once and they were talking really loud and and they were happy and they were joyful. And I was obviously like, I was like, uh, you know, like, I'm not like, oh, hey, you know, let's talk in fellowship. But I was like saying, look, something's wrong with one of my family members and I got to get help. And they just kind of went off to the side and they just were talking loud and laughing loud. And like I like I didn't say anything to them. And I said, whatever, I've got to run. And so I left the house and it was night. The scene changes and I'm outside somewhere seeking help. And all of a sudden, two people came to me and they said uh, something about, we know you're looking for help. I'm like, yes, I'm looking for help. I need help. And so they brought me to this building and I go in and it was this massive lobby. And it was obviously a mega church. And it was such a massive lobby. It looked like an airport. You know how there's all those gates that go on forever. That's how big it was. And I'm looking around and it was vast. I saw people walking around. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I even here? Like people are like going this way and that way. Workers, individuals. And so the people said to me, just sit down. And there was a man coming and he was a pastor. And they spoke and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was just, I was feeling really uncomfortable because I, I was not in control of what was happening. And so they could, they were speaking with him for a few minutes and then a few seconds. And then he comes and sits next to me and he's saying, oh, I heard you need deliverance. And I said, what? Well, no. And like, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Like I was like, I don't need deliverance. I want to tell him I'm looking for help. I'm looking for help from someone that for someone that's in trouble, I need help. And every time that he would try to speak, it was like, he didn't get it. I was like, I don't need deliverance. And he kept saying, oh, we do deliverance here. I'm like, no, I don't need deliverance. Like he wasn't listening to anything I was saying. And the next thing you know, the building is filling up. Um, people kept going, oh, I need to talk to you for a minute. He kept getting up and down. And I didn't even care because I thought, I don't care. I just want to go. I'm looking for help. And then finally, he sits down next to me. And 
And while he's sitting down, I looked over my shoulder and I looked behind me. And in the vast background, I saw this, you know, those kind of office, those high end office uh, offices that you would see glass partitions. They don't have walls. Everybody has glass for glass for doors and windows, doors and walls. And I see something that looks as big. I mean, it was so big. It was as big as a house, but it was all glass. And I could, and it's in this building. It's in the church. And I looked through it and, it's, and the ceilings looked like they were about 50 feet high. And all I saw was clothing, men's clothing, shirts galore, stacked up, everything hanging up, jackets, clothes, everything. And I knew that that was that pastor's wardrobe. And there was people in there like he had wardrobe assistants. And then now I'm looking at him and he started to lean into me seductively. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, and he was like looking up at me and his eyes were full of seduction. And I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. Like I'm leaving and the scene changed. Next thing you know, I'm walking. It's still night. And it looked like, you know, when you see those farmers markets where they sell vegetables and fruits and flowers and all those things. I don't know if you have them where you live, but we do. Or it looked like, okay, so it was like pop-ups on both sides and I'm walking down the center of it and every pop-up had a bunch of people sitting in it, but it was more like a festival. Nothing was being sold. Like it was some sort of party. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like I'm looking for help. All of a sudden, a couple of people motion over to me to come and like, you can sit down with us. And I didn't know what to do. So I went over and under their pop-up and I sat down. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm wondering, why am I even here? All of a sudden I see about 10, it was about 10 young men in their twenties. And I saw them walking toward me and I'm thinking to myself, they're coming toward me. I wonder what they want. So they came toward me and then they began to sit all around me and and I said to myself, and they're just sitting there. And I say to myself, well, I'm not just going to sit here with these young men. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to talk about the Lord. I'm not just going to sit here with them. I'm going to make use of my time. And so I, so I turned around and said openly, kind of loudly, I said, who wants to fellowship? Because in my dream, I knew this third situation class of people were Christians. and everybody was agreeable there was one individual that didn't look agreeable but he stood off to the side so i stood up and i said to myself i don't have my bible with me what am i going to say and this scripture came right into my mind it says oh what manner of love the father hath given unto us that we should be called the children of god and i said lord i heard that word but I would love to have a Bible that I could have freedom to read through. And so I said, does anybody have a Bible? And this young man stood up and he tossed something to me and I grabbed it like that fast by my right hand. It was the size of my hand. It was small. And I'm thinking, okay. And I opened this Bible and I opened the front page and the pages are black. But I see little white writing that was so small. It was almost, it was so small, like you couldn't read it. I can barely read it. Little scriptures here, and then there'd be a chunk of space, and then it would be maybe three, four scriptures, but they were like far apart, like big chunks were missing. 
then I look over on this side of the page and there's two up here and one down here. And I'm like, and the more I kept focusing, like this is so small, like I could kind of read it right in a flash at first. But the more I'd look at it, the more it would get smaller and smaller until I couldn't see it at all anymore and vanished. And so as I went through each page, each page being black, and there were some weird colors in it, like orange and purple. And it was like, it made me feel sick because the word was printed and the words were white and you could barely, barely see them at all. And after three or four pages, there was no words of God at all. They had vanished and it was only black paper. And I woke up. This is what I believe the interpretation of the dream means. That when I needed help, the believers that knocked at my door represented people that are maybe near me, not people I even know, but just the Christian community around me. That there's really no expectation that I could have of them. I had an expectation of them, but it failed. They just wanted to be Christians, but just have their time of fellowship. And I was not part of that. They failed to see that I was a sister in need, that there was an emergency. There was an urgency, but there was no urgency with them. It was just fun and games. The second one, I was brought to a church that was a mega church. And obviously, it's the, the whole thing really speaks for itself. Does it speak for every church? I think it speaks to the church at large, not every single little one, because I know of a few, a couple I know of. And I know some of you are probably part of a church you love very much. So your churches are omitted. You wouldn't be going to them if you thought there was any kind of anything that would compromise what you firmly believe and have staked your eternal life on. But I believe that that showed me that the church is nothing but a seduction. And I meant to meant to say, as I was leaving, it was like, like rapidly filling up with people and it was just laughing and noise and it was noisy. And these lights, these entertain, you know, those lights, like lights, camera, action lights that come on stage. They were like in the lobby, like flashing on people. Like it was fun. And look, we can have fun now. And here is this pastor who has a massive wardrobe, a wealthy wardrobe. And he's leaning on me, offering me deliverance. And he's seductive. Because the church is a seduce. This, this postmodern church in mass is nothing but a seduction. Most people don't even preach the cross anymore or repentance unto salvation, conviction. I love something uh, an old saint said back from the 1500s. He said, I would rather feel contrition than just to know the definition of it. And I said, amen. I would rather feel that conviction of God and that contrition of God. They just know the definition of it. And I, in that dream, I had, ex, there was even a little part of me that could, that was, thought, well, I'm here. Maybe there was like a 
atom particle expectation that perhaps, who knows, maybe I could get some help. But it just became a mushroom cloud of earthly seduction until there was nothing left there. There was nothing there to begin with. And last of all, those 10 Christian boys, they were Christians, but that showed me, and that Bible showed me, God showed me that we are at the end. I know the Lord's word, it says his word endureth forever because he is the word. But what I saw was a little Bible that this boy was holding and this last generation, this these young people. And they, it's not just about being young, too, because there's people of this generation that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they're just now getting saved. But look at the look at that word. It faded away into the dark until there was nothing left. And the whole thing took place at night. See, all three parts of my expectation failed, but look where it failed. But see, that word of God was in me still. See, I couldn't read anything from that thing that was supposed to be a Bible, but the words faded away into blackness. But that word was in me. Oh, what manner of love that God hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. We are the children of light and the children of the day, not of the night. And so I want to talk about this expectation. It says in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, a lot of scholars take that to be where. There will one day the Lord's going to take you off the earth and you might as well work up into that day. And we should, all of us, as much as you can, as often as you can, till the Lord removes your last breath. But I see that today as like there is a night. And that night is here. It's a spiritual night that we're in. But what is that message for us today? Was it just for me to just tell you about this dream and three classes of Christian, three scenarios, home, church, and abroad, in the public, in life, all these different groups of Christians, but no help could be found in them. And we are in that place of night where even the word of God is so, is so uh, perverted because of so many translations, everybody believes something different. I heard a girl the other day, this man was interviewing her and he said, are you a Christian? And she goes, yes, I'm a Christian. He said, are you really? She goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. He goes, well, do you believe everything in the Bible? She said, no. But you see, this is that postmodern Christianity and they don't have an expectation of God. You notice when you when you don't have any expectation of the Lord, you have to ask yourself, what are you putting your expectation in? See, we're expecting Jesus Christ to come for us in the rapture. We are definitely, this world is definitely expecting Jesus Christ to come back in the second coming. There is expectation. We have every bit of solid evidence to prove he is coming back. But how are you living with an expectation? You see, the people that I saw 
in those three categories had no expectation of God. They were of the earth earthy. And First Thessalonians says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He says, you know, like I don't have to remind you of this. In other words, there's things God expects you to know. I'm not into date setting. I'm not into any of that. But I certainly know the times and seasons that I'm living in. And I'm watching. I'm watching with a sharp eye what's happening with Israel right now. What's happening on September the 18th when the BRIC nations come together and five more are added. And it looks like it's going to be the 10 federated nations, the beast kingdom of Daniel. We see all nature doing things we've never seen before. The floor of the ocean in Florida is 101 degrees. There's no true leadership anymore. And isn't that what happened during the Kings? When you read the book of Kings, it starts out with grown men. Next thing you know, there's little children becoming Kings. Even in the book of Judges, God set up judges in the last two chapters. There was no judges at all anymore. It's a constant, continual repeat. And that's where we're at. Nobody that's going to ever be, there's not, I don't believe that, you know, all this new campaigning, we're going to get the right man of office. We're past that. We're completely past that. You know, I was listening to a guy, I won't name the name of the guy. Um, and he is a NAR guy. And see, NAR people just see this world. They want to win the whole world for Jesus Christ. That way he can come back. They want to take over the government and the entertainment. And they want to take over, um, you know, schools and, and not just take over, but in, in, influence them to all become Christian. It doesn't even say that in the Bible. You know, it's really coming down to this. That. We know that there is a we. It says. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, which, by the way, that's a September 18th meeting. Look how fast and then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they, they shall not escape. It doesn't say we. It says they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of the light, of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Let us watch and be sober. You know, I was uh, listening to something a friend of mine sent to me, Francis, and it was a few minutes of that lovely pastor that uh, I've loved for years. I li don't listen to him all the time, but I love what he says here and there when I listen. His name is, um, uh, his last name, I think his last name is Mawiri, a beautiful brother, an older gentleman. And he said something yesterday. He said something, I'm loosely paraphrasing it, but that he's like, look, I've worked. I've, and he's an older gentleman. He's like, I've worked. I've done so much in the Lord and I could feel that I've done all that I can. Do you know that? He says, and I'm going to keep working, but I could feel that I have done all that I can. And Mr. and Reverend Pastor, I think I would rather say Pastor Paul Mawiri, 
he is a wonderful man of God. Like he has spent his entire life serving Christ. And many of you are writing to me saying, I don't know what it is, Joni, but I feel the nearness of Christ coming in the rapture. And these are from very mature believers. And I believe that dream coincides with what are we expecting? Are we looking for this earth that's going, it says the earth and everything. He says, look, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where, where dwelleth righteousness. And the earth that we're living in right now is been turned over completely to the enemy now. It's his hour and power. We're watching it. And that makes me feel like the same thing that Paul Weary was saying. Because even before I heard that, and I've been saying this to the closest of my friends, I don't know what it is. I feel that I have done all that I can. I have preached though, this word to the best of my ability. But I know I'm going to never stop and I'm going to keep going no matter what until God takes my last breath away. Whether I die before the rapture or in the rapture. It says, peace and safety. Our peace and safety, it says in the word, our says safety is of the Lord. And Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. John 14, 26, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And you know what? People's hearts are failing them for fear even now. And Jesus has been making it so clear to me, not only is his coming so imminent that our expectation is going to be met, it will be met, but that everything I'm doing right now is in the expectation of that return for us. Yesterday, I mean, this may seem stupid and corny to you, but I'm serious about being ready for Jesus Christ, that imminent, that imminency. You know, a lot of people, they start looking at feast days and Hebrew calendars. And even the Jews nowadays don't agree. Like a lot of different sects of Judaism don't agree with this, this Hebrew calendar. They're saying, no, that's a wrong calendar. This is the right calendar. That one's off. And there's others that say, well, those are both wrong. This is the right one. And there's all these people trying to crunch numbers and trying to come up. And I, the Lord bless them because they love the Lord and they want Jesus to come and they're so excited. So this is not me scorning them. I understand it. But I say to myself, you can't ever know. But we do know this. Jesus showed us that he's coming again. And we could read the most simplest prophecies and know we're there. Yesterday, like I said, it may seem stupid and corny to you. So be it. But I'm Jesus's stupid and corny person. I was thinking about him coming and my husband made a stew yesterday and he had this big pile of dishes and pots and pans. I was like, uh, so I go in there and right when I was about to start complaining, I said, no. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to bless the Lord. And I'm looking out of the window. I'm looking at the beautiful trees, looking moreover, I'm looking at that sky. Wondering what that's going to look like, like the picture I put on the cover of this video. And I said, Lord, let there be no spot in me. 
I'm going to be clean every whit hole and let everything I do be an offering unto you. Every scrub of this pot, <clears throat> every rinse of a pan, every wiping of the counter. Let me laugh at things that I normally get uptight about, like crumbs all over the counter. And do you know a peace came over me? And you know, I'm gonna go all the way back to those women that were sitting in that airplane. And unless they were in that storm, and that violent storm that looked like it would destroy and break apart that plane, those women had expectation of Jesus Christ. And in the storm, while the storm was raging on the outside and the calm and the peace filled the cap, that cabin, a picture was taken of the storm and look who was in it. Your God and mine, the Lord, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our soon and coming King. Like I was saying, I feel like, and many of us are feeling this, we've done all that we can, but we're still going to be faithful to the end. I love that scripture in Revelation 22, 11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. That's God's final word, like I've done all that I can. See, God says that too. This is him saying, I've done all that I can. I can't do any more than what I've done. There is a dividing line because there's going to be a moment that comes. Whether you die, whether you die in unbelief or you die believing and have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or whether anything but whatever you are if you're righteous and holy be that still all the way to the end our expectation is of god it says beloved now are we the sons of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when we shall see him we shall become like him for we shall see him as he is. And I believe Jesus allowed that picture of him in the clouds to be seen. So that all of us here at this time will take heart. And we could see that with our eyes and say, oh, Jesus, our expectation comes from you. And we are expecting you. Therefore, I say to all of you, live in that expectation of God, even through your day. Expect the Lord. Would you stop expecting him? It's because something has happened. Run back to Jesus Christ. Let him lift you up. Have expectation of him. Even Job said, when his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, you, you speak like a foolish woman. Shall we not expect the good from the hand of God as well as the bad? We're all, we all know what, ex, what it feels like to expect bad, just living on this earth. And of course, when you're born again and Jesus Christ comes to live in us and dwell in our hearts by faith with the Holy Spirit, the earnest of our redemption, that's when it gets harder. But make sure you take a look at that picture and you remember who your Lord is. 
he walked upon the water. It says he rideth upon the clouds. He hath his way in the whirlwind. Make your expectation of God. God will never fail you when you say, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth I desire beside thee. My heart and my flesh faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever and my expectation. Make him your expectation in everything. Watch what he will do. I say this from experience. This I'm just not talking to you because I read a book. I only read one book that always stayed with me. And that vanishing word and that dream. We're, we have that word living in us. It is immune to destruction. And we are the children of light. And the children of day. Let your expectation be of him. And expect him. He's coming very soon. And keep looking up. Always keep looking up. And keep praying. And say to him. My soul wait thou only upon you. For my expectation is of you. Jesus. Oh, I have expectation of him. I pray you will have that too, with joy. God bless you.